This is Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael on 1620 The Zone and the 1620 The Zone mobile app. Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael is a production of Justin Michael Sports, LLC. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. I am Michael Scott. Alongside me, the nation's number one handicapper, Mr. Justin Michael, off of another winning week, 2-1, and one, I guess, huh? Yeah, a nice little 2-1, and one, nothing in college football, zero plays. Um, didn't like anything there. NFL, three total plays. Uh, the Saints over Seattle, kind of against the trend there. Carolina was at a perfect spot against Arizona. And then Tampa Bay versus the Raiders in overtime. Oakland hits him across the middle, takes it to the house. So that was a huge swing game. But again, anytime you go 2-1 and one in the winning weekend, you got to take it. And uh, hopefully in the end you'll get some breaks go your way. But again, 2-1 and one and uh, can't get mad about a winning weekend. Very happy and uh, looking forward to this weekend and getting after it again. And everybody can follow you again, Justin, at? At JustinMWins247 on Twitter. If you have any questions, you can always send them my way. You can always go to JustinMichaelSports.com. You can sign up to be a VIP member. Again, I stress this all the time. We're talking $25 a week. Basically, is my shaving blades. Yep. So that's what it is. Can't do any better than that. Or you can pick up the telephone. Give me a call, 402-513-3232. Okay, um, good enough. Um, moving right along here, my friend. Um, we had some undefeated teams go down this last week, college football. Yeah, we did. Um, overall, you know, when I'm looking back, I thought a lot of games were going to be um, kind of finishing the way they did, and that's kind of how they ended up. And uh, one of the big games that was a primetime game was Clemson versus Florida State. That game is basically around 3-4. to four. Whenever you played it, Clemson was a small favorite, and it ends up being 37-34. Um, it was just a classic game. You have two heavyweights from the ACC. Um, yes, right now Louisville's in there, but for the last four to five years, it's been all Clemson, Florida State. Um, elite talent out there. I, mean, I know Florida State this year is 5-3. and three. Defense has been a mess. Darvin James, one of the best players in the back end safeties, has been out. That's really hurt them. But Delvin Cook, for me, um, I know when I say this, a lot of people are going to go, what? But he's my number one overall back. I think he's better than Fournette. Um, I think he's just sensational. I really do. Um, I love everything about him. Great hands. He runs so low to the ground. Um, and then it's just straight speed to the house. Um, 19 carries for 169, four receptions, had some receiving yards. Um, he's just a playmaker. Um, he's been doing it his whole entire career there. Last year he was injured, and um, he still continues to go. Typically hammer the box. Francois, the freshman in there, they try to load up and stop Delvin Cook, but the, he just continues. Um, he can do it all. Again, great blocker, um, great catcher, um, great size. I love how he runs real low to the ground, um, kind of tough to tackle. And then again, when he hits the seam, he's gone. Um, but Florida State overall, you know, they showed up. That was kind of their Super Bowl big-time game for them. But again, and you know how I feel about this guy, Deshaun Watson. A lot of people have slept on him. It's all Lamar Jackson from Louisville. But I'll tell you what, this guy um, is quietly having another great year. I'm not saying it's off the charts. But again, he goes 27 for 43, 378, two touchdowns. I know rushing in there, I know he clipped around 60, 70 yards. So he basically had 450 total yards again. And the last drive of the game, when everything's on the line and you're down four and you got to have the touchdown to win, he went right down the field and scored at Tallahassee. Not saying it's a great defense, but tough environment. And he just went right down the field with ease. 
Um, and again, I think sometimes when he had such a good year last year, um, Nick Saban came out and said he was the best quarterback they've seen since Cam Newton. Remember that national championship game? Everybody just assumes every game he's going to be off the charts, and if he has one bad throw, what's going on with him? To me, he's been just fine. Sometimes when the bar is set so high, um, you just can't get there because it's just so high. Kind of like when Tiger was winning every tournament. What happened? He got second? You didn't win? What do you mean? You finished 10th? What's going on? What's wrong with you? Nothing. He's a great quarterback, great college quarterback. We'll see about the NFL. I'm talking about college football. Um, to me, he's very elite, been doing it since he was a freshman. And um, again, Clemson, to me, is a heavyweight team. And what I mean by that is, is you've got to go the full 12 rounds with them because they're going to be there every single time. And sometimes when you get these wins like they do, you sit there and say, well, that wasn't that impressive. You know, the NC State game or Troy, but they're winning. And sometimes that just keeps moving in the right direction. I think a lot of people um, are kind of down on Clemson, and to me, I'm not. I think that they just keep rolling along, rolling with the punches that will help them later in the year. And um, to me, again, go back to the Louisville game. They had the big lead. They lost it. They come back. They win there. Florida State late. They win that game. It's just kind of going their way. And they have a lot of veterans, uh, especially on offense. Dabo Sweeney does a great job. So for me, um, I'm a little higher on Clemson than most people. Well, I know you are, and I know you love the the Watson kid a lot. Well, you have to, and they're wide receivers, uh, tight end Leggett, Williams, Scott, Kane. They're loaded there um, defensively up front good. Florida State can flat-out score. It's just defensively they're a mess. Um, but a great game. I love it when they you know fill the billing, and it's supposed to be a big game, and it was. A great atmosphere, just overall really solid. Another game I want to move on to is Michigan beats Michigan State kind of quickly over that game. You know, Michigan State with Mark D'Antoni is always a very good underdog coach. They cover with ease there. I think the number is like 24 and a half. Um, again, Michigan's offense is getting better. Um, they have a lot of playmakers on the outside. Amari Darbal, really, really good there. But for me, I have to see more out of them just because they haven't played anybody. Yes, they, they're really good in certain spots. They're moving in the right direction. I'm a big fan of Harbaugh. I think he does a really good job. But the bottom line is you haven't played anybody right now. So... Until that happens, I uh, just have to wait and see. And right now, the public is all over Michigan every week. Not saying that they're not covering some weeks, but sometimes I just think it gets a little bit too high. Um, they're moving in the right direction. A great football team, but I got to see more. If you look at their strength of schedule, been very, very, very soft. Moving along, Washington in the Pac-12 wins 31-24. Utah again plays a great game. They're always tough at home. They move to seven and two. Washington goes eight and zero. Um, to me, this is one of those beginning of the year, like we talk about, trendy teams. Uh, Jake Browning, okay game. But Utah is one of the different teams in the Pac-12 where they want to run. Joe Williams had 35 carries for 172, and their defense kind of gets after it. The guy was retired, comes back into college football. Kyle Winningham likes to run the football, play defense. To me, that's refreshing, kind of different in the Pac-12. I thought that was a tough spot for Washington, and they move along. Um, but in the playoff committee, though, they're not in the top four because strength of schedule. Pac-12 is down this year. Stanford is down. USC is not the same. UCLA is down. Washington State can't stop nobody. Arizona, Arizona State, same way. So to me, there's nothing in the Pac-12 that I like. Not saying Washington's not a good football team, but the Pac-12 is very weak for me. Very, very weak. Oregon is really down. So when I look at that overall Oregon State, another team, it's not much. Uh, Colorado, trendy team. I had them in the beginning of the year. Um, they're okay. Are they great? No. So overall, I think kind of it's a perfect time for Washington, who's a good team, kind of picking up on teams that are not that good overall. 
Wisconsin plays. Nebraska beats them in overtime 23-17. Nebraska with the cover. But again, I'm going to talk about this for the 525th time. Tommy Armstrong, 12 for 31, 153, two interceptions. Again, look at Mike Riley with the Moore, Derek Anderson, all of the quarterbacks that he's had. They're all 6'4", 230, and they can throw pinpoint accuracy. That's not Tommy Armstrong. You have to play sometimes what you have. At the end of the day, he's a glorified running back playing quarterback. It is what it is. Unfortunately, it's sad because they have a group of wide receivers at Nebraska from top to bottom that's really, really good. But at the end of the day, when you play a really good defense and they say, Tommy, you're going to have to beat me, it's not going to happen. You can't teach that. He still throws off the back leg. He still makes blunders. And again, when you play a top 10 team or a top 25 team on the road, those mistakes are going to end up being losses. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. They also got to get better on their offensive line. The defensive line absolutely dominated the offensive line. They did show some heart. They came back. They played some nice spots. Mike Bradley's team shows a lot of heart. Overall, though, until they switch and they move on, which will be next year without Tommy Armstrong, I don't see anything changing. Texas wins 35-34 over Baylor in a game that Charlie Strong needed. It was a really fun game to watch. One of the best tailbacks in all of college football that no one talks about. It's not Fournette. It's not Chubb. It's not Dalvin Cook. It's not all these guys that everyone talks about. How about Deontay Foreman? 32 carries, 250 yards, and two touchdowns. A beast. He looks like a kind of like a Ricky Williams type. Wow. Low gravity, big bruising tailback, and then take it to the house. His brother, Armonte, had four receptions for 142 and a thriller as they knock off Baylor. We're up against the clock. When we come back, we will dive straight into the NFL. You're listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. Again, you are listening to Tackling the Odds here with Justin Michael, the nation's number one handicapper. You can always give Justin a call at 402-513-3232. Become a VIP member for just $24.99 per week. NFL last week, some more great games. Dallas on a big comeback. Yeah, that was. We'll get to that one. But first, we'll start off last Thursday, October 27th. Tennessee wins 36-22. Because of that, Jacksonville fires their offensive coordinator. Tennessee at 4-4 four and four is one of those teams where they just they finally have an identity. And some of these NFL teams, they just flat don't. Uh, very big offensive line. They like to run the football. Murray hits you with Henry. They get Mariota out of kind of a bootleg, hit the tight end, Delaney Walker. So we know what Tennessee are. They want to run the football, play defense, and that typically is a winning formula. And right now, currently, they're 4-4. Four and four. Jacksonville is just a mess right now. This is one of the years that everyone thought they're going to take it to the next step. But Blake Bortles has got to get better. Way too many turnovers. He has a lot of weapons for him. Uh, defensively, they've not picked up where they thought they were. And Gus Bradley sitting at 2-5. and five. If this ends up being another you know, 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, I think he's finally done in Jacksonville, and they got a clean house and go from there. So Tennessee wins 36-22, moves 4-4. Four and four. Another tie, back-to-back weeks, a tie over in London, Cincinnati, Washington, 27 apiece. Cincy 3-4-1 for the year, Washington 4-3-1. Some news on Washington, they're starting left tackle, Pro Bowl left tackle Trent Williams. He's suspended the next four games. Keep an eye on that one for Washington. Um, kind of went back and forth. Um, overall, two teams um, that are not too bad, so that's kind of the, the formula on them. Moving forward, Kansas City goes to Indy. They win 30-14. Kansas City moves to 5-2. and two. Colts 3-5. and five. Nick Foles carried the way. Alex Smith concussion in that game. 
Jamal Charles looks like he's done for the year. Another knee operation. Not a big blow for them, though. Spencer Ware's been really good. Uh, they also have West in there. Tyreek Hill has been an incredible pickup for them in the fifth round. Kid out of Oklahoma State. He was a five-star recruit. Had a little off-field issues. That's why he slipped to the fifth round. Remember, they have Deon DeAnthony Thomas, who was really good out of Oregon. Well, he's even better than him. That's taking away his playing time. They need to get a little bit better on offense, but their defense has been rock solid. Here's a stat for Kansas City. Going back to week seven of last year, that would be 17 games straight up. Kansas City is 15 and two. Wow. 15 and two. You know, Think about uh, that. That's getting it done. Travis Kelsey, very, very good tight end. Macklin, I'd still like to see them get a little better. Remember, Justin Houston, where they spent all the big money, he's coming back into form. He's been injured, so he hasn't even played yet. They have a really good defense. They don't want to limit the turnovers. That's why Alex Smith, you know, they're always ranked around the mid-20s for offense. But then their defense is always the top 10, kind of get turnovers. Marcus Peters, elite player. So, again, Kansas City, 15-2 and of the last 17 straight up, including even the playoffs where they had their loss. Moving on, Carolina in a perfect spot, like I mentioned at the beginning of the year, which I gave them a VIP members favored three. They win 30-20, to had a perfect bye week, get healthy. Arizona comes in off an emotional game against Seattle. They travel. The game was really never in doubt. It popped out, I believe, 24-0 right away. Carolina goes on and wins. And so the next thing you know, Arizona, who's one of those beginning-of-the-year teams, again, I talk about this with Carson Palmer, way too many turnovers, not a fan of him, don't like his arm strength. They got to find a quarterback for the future. I know they were trying to get Paxton Lynch. He was gone in the draft. Arizona with Bruce Arians, always a quarterback guy. Hey, they need to find one because Carson Palmer is going the wrong direction. Never been a fan. So now Carolina goes three, four, and one. Oakland Raiders go on the road and win another one, undefeated on the year on the road, six and two for the year. They win thirty to twenty-four in overtime. Derek Carr with the big throws. Boy, Cooper. Is having some big, big games the last two weeks, doing a very good job there. Defensively, to me, they still have some holes they got to find. But again, at the end of the day, if you can pull out these victories, you just start to build momentum. Everything's going, all the close games are going their way. Everyone's going their way. And especially if you get the confidence you can win on the road, which is very hard in the NFL, that's very impressive. Another good decision by him was back-to-back -back road. He stays in Florida. Great decision there. Got to watch his kid play in the Florida-Georgia game. Good things are moving for Oakland. They just need to find a little bit more defense. But again, when you have a quarterback like Derek Carr in the fourth quarter, big-time throws, he looks really, really confident. And again, in the NFL, if you have a young quarterback, that just takes you really, really far. Moving along, the Saints win 25-20. That was a game where I think a lot of my members thought we were going to play the Saints. Well, we played the Saints. They were a two-point underdog. They went outright 25-20 over Seattle. Seattle now goes 4-2-1. The Saints' defense this year has been much better. You know, again, they're doing this without Sheldon Rankins, who was their first-round pick, like 12th overall. He's going to be coming back any week now. They're trying to get a little bit better on that side. Offensively, they can light up the scoreboard. Drew Brees, huge fan of him. Very impressed there at home. They go 3-4 and four on the year. Seattle sitting at 4-2-1. and one. The Houston Texans win a kind of a sluggish game, 20-13. to 13. That's how Houston has to win, running the football, playing defense. Brock Eisweiler, another very average game. Detroit slides to 4-4. Four and four. In the AFC South, sitting at 5-3, and through, it might be one of those years where teams 10-6, and six, something like that, they win. Kind of a soft division this year. Not really impressed with either team. 
sliding ahead. New England goes into Buffalo and rolls 41-25. The six team seems closer than what it was. They went up and down the field at will. They do whatever they want. Tom Brady is just absolutely dominating. Buffalo slides to 4-4. Four and four. The Cleveland Browns were up early, then let it slide away again. The Jets go into Cleveland and win 31-28. Two teams, there's nothing really to talk about. They're in rebuild mode, the Browns. Jets are just getting old. They have a lot of issues. Denver wins 27-19 off of, again, the defense. Another pick six interception, another turnover down by the goal line. The defense just gets after it all day long. Very, very special there. They lead the NFL in sacks. The beat continues in Denver, running the football, special teams, and defense. That's how they win. A classic. Atlanta wins 33-22. Aaron Rodgers went off, and so did Matt Ryan. This was a very, very fun game to watch. Kind of some neat parts to talk about this with Green Bay. They're starting to get some of the young wide receivers in the mix. Boy, Davis the rookie at a cow played good. Janice was in there. They played without Montgomery. They played without Cobb. It didn't matter. Remember, no Lacey, no Starks. It's all on Aaron Rodgers. So right now, they got to find somewhat of a running game. They have Freeman right now in Atlanta, and then they hit you with Jones. Sanu was a great pickup. Defensively, Atlanta's a little bit weak. But again, they can play with really anybody. Matt Ryan's picked up his game this year. One of the best offenses in the NFL per yards. So they move to 5-3. and three. Green Bay goes 4-3. and three. The game that you were talking about earlier, Dallas wins 29-23. They win in overtime. That game looked like Philly was going to win all the way. A couple turnovers. The next thing you know, Dallas comes down and they snake out the game, especially in the division now to go 6-1 and one with the best record in the NFC. Amazing what they've done with Dak Prescott. But again, we talk about players finding the right spots. How about Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best tailbacks probably for sure in the draft. He comes out and catches the possibly, in my opinion, the number one offensive line. And now all of a sudden you get Des Bryant back, who had another big game. When you start going Elliott, then you go Beasley over the middle, and you can go Witten, Terrence Williams, and then go deep to Des on the one-on-one. Defensively, what Rob Marinelli's done, I cannot say this enough. Find me someone that's off the charts on defense. You can't find one. They're just playing really, really sound. He's doing this with a bunch of average, below-average players. Wait till they can really get after it on defense and start drafting in that position on that side of the ball. It's going to get really scary. Dallas is moving in the right direction. When we come back, we will dive more into college football. You're listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds here with the nation's number one handicapper, Mr. Justin Michael. You can always go to justinmichaelsports.com and become a VIP member. Give him a call, 402-512-3232. Okay, Just, college football, we're, uh, what, halfway point here? We're Um, past the halfway point now. Okay. Um, What are you seeing out here? Well, I kind of want to just glance over a couple of the standings and go in some of the conferences and kind of sit back a little bit and kind of see where this is starting to move. We're kind of at a fun spot right now where we can kind of look ahead to kind of maybe see where it eventually ends up. So it's kind of a fun time to talk about that. So first, I want to talk about the ACC. Let's go in there. You know, in the beginning of the year, I talked about this on the show. This is a really good overall conference. There's some teams that are really trending in the right directions. So first, let's talk about Clemson. They're sitting at 8-0. We talked about them earlier in the show. Great recruiting, great offense. Defensively, they sent a lot of guys in the NFL, good coaching staff, everything moving the right direction. Petrino now finally has his foot down in Louisville. They're sitting at 7-1. Their only loss was a close one at Clemson. Very, very good quarterback, offensive players. Defensively, they're not bad either. Um, And again, you have a coach, Bobby Petrino, been there, done that. So Clemson, Louisville are stacked in there. 
Then you also go down to a team that's sitting at five and three in Florida State. You I mean your losses are to good teams. Um, so obviously Jimbo Fisher, they're fine recruiting wise. Syracuse has a new coach. They're sitting at four and four. Wake now sitting at five and three. They're kind of young, new coaches, so they're starting to move up the right direction. The only one on the Atlantic side right now would be BC sitting at four and four. I don't really feel anything on them. Sliding down in the coastal. Virginia Tuck, Justin Fuente, done a very good job. You're number one, six and two. He kept Bud Foster, the defensive coordinator. That was a great spot. Larry Fedora, last year coming out of the Coastal, they're 6-2. and two. High octane offense, defense with Chiswick doing the right things. Pittsburgh's got Pat Narduzzi. And I want to make a point. I thought about this last night. When you're at a big city, okay, in a big-time Pittsburgh, let's talk about Pitt, and you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we know that's what they just absolutely love, right? And you think about that. They travel so well. Huge, big-time NFL team. Everybody loves the Steelers, one of the popular teams. What a tough spot for Pat Narduzzi to really try to find people to go to the games and embrace them because everything is geared to the Steelers. I'm not saying it's, it's right or wrong, but to me, that's kind of a tough spot. And if you look, a lot of a lot of guys want to try to find a way to kind of get out of that, I think, a little bit because it's always great when you can have that you know area where everyone's into your team. And for me, I think that's kind of a – it's always been a hard little spot to find. You, know, you look at some of their games, people really aren't there. They're not really into it. They're waiting for the Steelers on Sunday. So, again, what Pat Narduzzi's done there, they've been very good. Um, you know, He's a great defensive coordinator coming out of Michigan State, so I've been high on them. The one guy in the beginning of the year that I did not fall in love with was Miami. I'm not a Mark Rick fan. They didn't do anything for me at Georgia. They slide to 4-4. Four and four. I know there's some people thinking they could hit 10 wins this year. Brad Kaya's had kind of a down year. They just, to me, I'm, I think he's just a huge pretender. He sells you on, we get recruits and this and that, but at the end of the day, find me something that he's really done. I'm, I'm just not high on that guy. So again, to me, um, as I look at overall, that conference, the ACC, is moving in the right direction. Kind of used to be it's all Florida State, but now we've got you know three to four really, really solid teams. And even the bottom teams are starting to move up like a Syracuse and a Wake Forest. So again, overall ACC, uh, I think, has been very impressive. To me, the down conference is in the Big 12. I just don't find anything there. Um, I don't even really enjoy watching it. Everything is a, is a track meet. Um, Oklahoma sitting at 6-2. and two. I'm not the biggest Stoops fan. Um, I think their defense is nothing at all. Um, Oklahoma State with Gundy, with what he has to work with, is okay. They're always an 8-4 and four team, nothing great. Um, Baylor's going to start going the wrong direction with all their scandals. Um, West Virginia is okay, um, but how good? K-State, Snyder, good coach, uh, working with below-average talent. Uh, Texas Tech, we score 80, give up 100. Um, Texas, we got to work on the defense a little bit. And Iowa State and Kansas are sitting at 1-7 and seven overall. So to me, the arrow goes down big time in the Big 12. The Big 12 to me is a mess. Um, as I look at all of them, I don't see anybody young and exciting and anything moving like hardcore on the up. Um, overall, Big 12 definitely going down. Big 10. Um, let's talk about the two heavyweights in the East. You have Michigan, Ohio State. Um, currently Michigan 8-0. Harbaugh, Meyer at Ohio State. And again, I think sometimes people thought, why do you like Penn State so much? I just am a fan of James Franklin. Um, he's got the quarterback now. The offense will start to get there. The defense will start to pick it up. Remember, when they got there, it was all defense. Now he got his dual-threat quarterback. They slide to 6-2. and two. Uh, DJ Durkin at Maryland first year, sitting at five and three. Indiana to me is kind of an exciting team. Their defense is getting better. They're sitting at four and four. Michigan State's two and six. This won't happen many years for Mark D'Antoni. 
Who knows about Rutgers? Nebraska standing at seven and one, improving. Wisconsin with the great defense at six and two and brutal schedule. Minnesota quietly six and two. Iowa at five and three. Uh, Northwestern four and four, playing really good football right now. Played really good at Ohio State. Um, Purdue and Illinois on the bottom end, so we'll see about that. But look at all those teams I just mentioned. So again, Big Ten getting better, ACC getting better. So far, Big Twelve going down. Um, kind of moving along and going in another direction here in the Pac-12, like I talked about earlier. Washington is the heavyweight there, sitting at 8-0. But then listen to these teams below. Washington State on the fringe of top 25, barely. Uh, Stanford down. Uh, Cal, same Cal team like every year. Oregon, 3-5. and five. Oregon State, 2-6. and six. Now let's slide to the south. Colorado, 6-2. and two. Really haven't played anybody. Yeah, they're getting better. Um, had them at the beginning of the year, but not in love with them. Utah is not as good as last year, sitting at 7-2, a little bit of a soft schedule. USC, 5-3, nothing there. Arizona State, 5-4, UCLA, 3-5, and, and Rich Rod is really struggling in Arizona, 2-6. So, so far, Big 12 down, Pac-12 down. The only one moving in the right direction for me would be Washington. Moving on to the SEC, a team that I feel like no one's talked about. They always talk about these coaches, about Harbaugh and everyone else. But Jim McElwain, what he's done at Florida, has been very impressive. Their defense, me being a defensive guy, their defense is nasty. They really get after it. A lot of NFL talent on defense, kind of run the football. Um, I like Callaway at wide receiver. Um, since he's been at Florida, they just play really fundamentally sound. They don't turn the football over, and their defense has been really, really elite. And you look at the East, it's all Florida. I mean, Kentucky's sitting at 5-3. and three. Tennessee is another down year with Butch Jones. They're playing good. They had a lot of comebacks, and then they just ran out of steam. Georgia, 4-4. Four and four, Really don't like what I see there. South Carolina, 4-4. Four and four, Vandy, 4-4. Four and, four, and Missouri is a mess. Again, life without Gary Pinkle, all of a sudden, you were there. And now you're gone right away. Sliding down to the West, where the where the football's at in the SEC, Alabama eight and O. They roll on defense. We know about them. Texas AM has been much better on defense, sending it seven and one. Their only loss was a pretty competitive game at Alabama. Auburn, their defense has improved. See the theme here? Alabama, Texas AM, Auburn, LSU, those four. Defense, 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 and more defense. Then you slide down to Arkansas, 5-3. and three. Why are they at the bottom? They can score. Defense a mess. Mississippi State losing Deck Prescott. And Old Miss can't stop anybody sending it 3-5. and five. So again, if you look at the SEC, Florida, what do they play? Defense. Alabama, what do they play? Defense. Why is A&M better? Defense. Auburn, defense. LSU, defense. Constantly you see in college football, you always see these highlights and you think of everyone needs to be flashed and let's go to the spread and let's do all these things. Think about Oklahoma. Look at Oklahoma on defense, how much they've dropped. Yeah, they can score. That's great. Who cares? Did you win the game? It's the only thing I care about. It's kind of like in my business. You know, great, this, did you win? So again, overall, I think we get so caught up in all these flashy players, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and all these super things and who's the best tailback. But again, at the, at the end of the day, the defense always wins the championships. And like last year, the same thing when I had the Broncos. It wasn't because of Peyton Manning. It wasn't because of the offense. It's because of that unreal defense that gets after the quarterback and creates the pressure. When we come back, I'm going to go into some grades in the NFL. You're listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. Again, you are listening to Tackling the Odds here with the nation's number one handicapper. You can always give Justin a call at 402-513-3232. Tell him you want to be a part of this VIP winning team. 
Okay, just uh, NFL. Uh, we got report card grades coming out. Yeah, we are halfway through, so it's a perfect time to sit back. We're at the halfway spot, and let's see where we're at. Starting off in the AFC East, New England sitting at seven and one. How can you not say A plus? Um, offensively, they're off the charts. They got to be number one in everyone's power rankings. Just cover literally every week, even though the lines are still inflated. Um, they just can't get them high enough. So again. Very impressive there. Defense is just fine. They create turnovers. Not bad. Not great. They're just okay. Um, everyone's talking about the Jamie Collins trade. You know, what happened? Listen, next year he's a free agent. And you know how New England rolls. New England does them pay. And they're, they'll feel like, you know what, we'll find someone in the second, third round. We'll replace him and we'll move on. That's just what they do. And again, I know that some play is going to happen in the playoffs or something's going to happen. Rivers to see, that's what I'm talking about. But again, they're always two steps ahead. Um, they got a little pick they gave to Cleveland, and they'll use that pick on someone they feel that can do the job. Uh, the money goes to Brady, and then it just kind of filters out to everybody else, and they find guys that find roles. Look at uh, Kevin Hogan having a great year. Um, no one even really knew about him. Dami Amendola having a very good year. I mean, they find these guys. Malcolm Butler. I mean, they find these spots. They make it happen there. Um, now James White's starting to be the player they drafted out of Wisconsin. They just believe in the system. They don't overpay. Um, the only time they will is if they possibly have the greatest quarterback of all time, and that's it. They move on. And, again, Bill Belichick, don't lose no sleep over it. His track record shows it. So, again, I find it a little funny when people get all wigged out and they can't believe this and that. His name's Bill Belichick. Enough I, said. I think he's okay. Moving along, Buffalo Bills sitting at 4-4. Four and four. I would say C. Offensively, they could run the football very good. Defensively, to me, um, when they play the big boys, he still struggles. Um, so they're a C. Miami started off as an F, sliding up, especially with the tailback, um, J.H.I. Now they go to a C. Very good offensive line, a lot of holes on defense. Jets, D-. minus. Um, again, Fitzpatrick wanted all the big money. I mean, come on. You're getting aged out on the offensive line. Yeah, their defense is fine. Back in, they're really bad. Revis is getting really old quick. Um, looks out of shape. Um, it's been a mess. Um, so for them, if anybody the worst, I'd say the Jets, Patriots sitting number one, obviously. AFC North Pittsburgh had some injuries. Um, offensively, they're good. Defensively, sometimes they play good. Sometimes they don't. Back end can use a little help. I'll give them a B-. minus. Uh, Cincinnati was a team that I told you beginning of the year, Dad, they're sitting at there at 10.5 um, at the beginning of the year when I kind of told you a little bit that I thought they'd be on the unders especially with all of their off-field issues, losing Mohamed Sanu, losing Marvin Jones. Um, defensively, uh, Hugh Jackson was a loss. That was a big blow for them. So for me, I'm going to say they're right where I thought they'd be, which would be like a D. Um, that's where they're at. Baltimore, I'd give a C. A lot of close games at 3 and 4. Cleveland, believe it or not, I'd give them a C too because they're in almost every game. Um, and I wasn't expecting much, obviously, out of them. So to me, everyone's kind of like a C in that. It's just still wide open. Those three, Pittsburgh, Cincy, Baltimore, who knows how it will go. I don't even know how good really any of them, any of them are, especially Cincy and Baltimore. Pittsburgh's got that chance to be good, but they got to get better on the back end. I don't care about scoring. Show me the back end. Uh, AFC South, here's for me where it gets really weak. Uh, Texans have been a C-. minus. Um, Brock Osweiler, nothing there. Not high on him at all. Um, losing J.J. Watt. I mean, you're talking about one of the best players in the NFL in defense. Tennessee, I'd give a B. Um, I like the fact that they want to run the football. They know who they are. They stay with it. Um, defensively, they've not been too bad. 
Um, so I've been a little bit more impressed with them. Colts, they just don't really have any really solid. They're not tough enough. Defensively, they really lack a lot. Um, in Jacksonville, I'd just probably give like a flat-out F. They just are struggling in so many spots, even offensively with all their weapons. They still struggle. Bortles is still all these turnovers. Uh, defensively, they look just lost sometimes. Um, but again, overall, when I look at the AFC North and AFC South, and I talked about this last week, I'm not real high on the AFC. I mean, you look at the AFC North, tell me someone you really love in there. Pitt, Cincy, Baltimore, Cleveland. Here's the AFC South. Houston, Tennessee, Indy, Jacksonville. That's eight teams. I mean, when I say that and you listen to that, do you see? Do you feel anything in that at all when I say that? I mean, what part am I saying that's not the truth? Listen to those eight. Pitt, yeah, Cincy, ugly. Baltimore, Cleveland, Houston, Tennessee, Indy, Jacksonville. It's ugly. Okay, so now let's go to the West. Raiders, 6-2. and two. We talked about them all year long. Denver, 6-2. and two. Kansas City, 5-2. and 15-2 and two the last 17 straight up. And San Diego, that's really kind of a scary team. Uh, good team there, too. So you look really in the West. It's kind of amazing sometimes, isn't it, how certain teams just stack up in a division, and you're like, how can that team get into 8-8 eight and eight or even 7-9? and nine? That's one of the part that I'm not a fan of in the NFL because I truly feel like you should be rewarded at the end of the year, and I don't feel like if it's a division that we got to have it that way. I know some people are going to completely disagree, but to me, when it comes playoff time, I want to have the best teams in. And it's sad that one of these, obviously, we're not going to be able to have three in the AFC West. So most likely they're going to get two. Someone's going to get left out. Oakland, Denver, Kansas City. And then some team in the South, it's probably going to be like eight and eight. They're going to get in. Well, wait a minute here. Don't you have two wild card teams? Yeah, but you can't. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Good spot. So you could. Yeah, you could. This is very, very, very rare. Yeah. Um, especially, yeah, I mean, especially when you're talking about anybody else. It can well, I haven't spent a long time, but yeah, I could. And to me, I'm fine with that. I know some people sit there and say, oh, well, you know, divisions, they got to matter and stuff. And I know some years it's like that. But again, you know, if you play 16 games and you're all, all year you're in and, you know, you have this long season, it's physical. Let's put the best of the best in there. Let's not put someone in there that's, you know, those teams that are like seven and nine or eight and eight. And you're just like, this is terrible. I remember the one year in New England, I think they're like 11 and five with Matt Castle and didn't get in. Um, so, you know, it happens sometimes. So, again, overall, AFC, clearly number one, New England. And then you have some really good teams like Oakland, Denver, Kansas City in there, and the rest is kind of lumped. Overall, though, AFC, to me, is not really that solid. You have top, but then the middle to bottom, to me, really drops off hard. Going to the NFC East, Dallas sitting at 6-1. and one. How can you not give an A+. Plus? I mean, beginning of the year, defensive line, they're all, you know, gone on suspensions. Uh, we don't have Romo. You know, trying to see how good will Elliott be. I mean, you've seen some guys get drafted right away. Look at Gordon last year, first round. Didn't have not a good rookie year at all. Now he's been good, but comes in instantly. Dak Prescott, fifth rounder. All of a sudden, Kellen Moore goes down. It's amazing how certain things just kind of part ways and open up. You know, remember Romo was down, but we wouldn't have this if Kellen Moore didn't get injured. And so, you know what? Everything happens for a reason, and then boom, here comes this team. And again, yes, they've been good with Dak and Elliott, but that defense has been really good, especially with guys that are really average anywhere else. Rob Marinelli, at this point for me, has been by far the best uh, defensive coordinator in the NFL this year for what he has, not even close. Um, the Giants go to 4-3. and three. Kind of a scary team, getting better on defense, but still make mistakes. Philly and Washington at 4-3. and three. 
Those three behind them, I think the NFC East is pretty solid. I mean, the Giants are a scary team. They're better defensively this year. They have a lot of weapons. Philly, I like the play calling. Carson Wentz defensively. Brandon Graham's having a huge year. Washington can score with anybody. Got to get a little bit better on defense. We're talking about a team last year that won that division. So, again, NFC East overall pretty rock solid. NFC North, Minnesota Green Bay, um, and then Detroit sitting at 4-4. Four and four. You know, overall, you know, you start to see this. North Turner resigns as the offensive coordinator. It's amazing how people jump so quick. Three weeks ago, everyone had Minnesota clearly the best team in the NFC. This is the best Bradford. See, this is what I told you about. And then the next thing you know, now offensively they're like the worst. And now every now you got the coordinator resigning, and now you got everybody jumping off the wagon, and now it's over. And yeah, I knew this. So give it a little bit of time. Defensively, they're good. Um, I think AP's trying to come back. Remember last week they didn't have McKinnon, so they're down to like the third string running back, um, who I was impressed with, McKinnon. Uh, Green Bay, they got to get healthy. They have no running game right now. They're down to basically just guys off the streets. Um, so it's Rodgers and more Rodgers. Detroit, to me, is kind of a pretender. Um, and then Chicago has a lot of ways to go. So, again, overall looking at that, um, Minnesota's got some flaws, and so does Green Bay. Um, so moving along to the NFC South, I think this is wide open. Atlanta's 5-3. and three. I know right now I won't say Atlanta, but I've just I've seen Atlanta way too many times. Tampa's kind of a fun team. Um, the Saints are getting better on defense and can score with anybody. And again, I said this last week when they were 1-5 and five, and I gave this to my VIP members, I'm telling you, do not think that Carolina cannot win that division. That was at 1-5 and five when I said that. Uh, you saw it last year with Kansas City. They had a bye week. You look at them last year, one of the best offenses. They have Jonathan Stewart's now back. Benjamin's been solid. Funchess Olsen's a flat-out stud. Defense, you know what they have there. They got one of their DBs back last week. They start to get on a little bit of a roll. Look out. Carolina is not done. And again, at 1-5, I truly believe, I think at the end of the year, they're going to be right there in the NFC South, and they're going to be a scary team in the playoffs. NFC West, to me, I'm not superly impressed. Seattle, to me, again, Pete Carroll was all about running the football, playing defense. We're starting to get way too pass-happy. Um, the blow of Marshawn Lynch. Yes, I know he had some issues off-field, and I got a little bit drama. But go back and think about when you saw Beast Mode carrying that ball, running that rock, loud crowd, making Wilson now just throw half the throws. He was so good on play action. Now it's Wilson in the gun. Now he's injured all the time because their offensive line is average at best, and it's all relying on the defense. So to me... Until they can find some spots, and I don't see it. I like ProSize. There's a lot of guys they have kind of like are like scat backs and kind of fun like that. Um, but who's that bruiser? Who, who's that tough, physical, north-south, let me get you four or five yards in the playoff and run the football? To me, it's just pass, pass, pass. Arizona, I'm not a fan of Palmer. Um, Case Keenum in L.A. at three and four, not enough weapons. And then the Niners are a mess at one and six. So overall right now, I still think it's wide open. And again, I'm going to say this for the last time, and I want this documented. Carolina at 1-5 when I released them last week can very easily represent and go back to that Super Bowl again. They're a scary, scary team. You're listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. Again, you are listening to Tackling the Odds here with Justin Michael, the nation's number one handicapper. You can always become a VIP member. Just simply go to justinmichaelsports.com. Okay, I know college football rankings are out. I know you want to talk about that, but before I let you dive into there, just I can't help but put a little plug in. You know, I'm a horse junkie, and today is the day. It's the classic in the Breeders' Cup. Good for you. You I'm don't very, love it. 
I know I do. I do. Good for you. California Chrome. You're just, you're, you're just, you're sick. That's fine. Know. I can't help it. If you ever need to find Michael Scott, just go to a horse barn and you'll find him in there <laughs> with the horses. He'd sell it all for just to be in the stall. Probably. That's okay. 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 Do your uh, college stuff here. Here we go. Texas A&M. These rankings came out. I don't care about the top three. Here's what I want to talk about. Everyone's buzzing over this and all worked up about it. A&M is four, Washington five. And for me, I think they're right on. Here's here's why. I think we get way too caught up in, oh, they're undefeated, and this one has a loss. Strength of schedule. Again, strength of schedule. A&M, if you look, have had a much tougher. Washington hasn't really played anybody. And so when you look at A&M and their losses at Alabama, that game is 19, but a very competitive. A little turnover here and there it was not like a blowout. And again, that Pac-12, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is completely weak. And here's the deal. After we play, everybody gets all worked up. At the end of the year, majority of the time, it all plays itself out. Week to week, oh, I can't believe this and this and that. Washington's going to play the disrespect card. And they're going to be fired up. They'll play. Everyone's going to play. So it's all going to work out. We still have like four more weeks of games left. And then you go into some championship games. A lot of football left. But what I like about the community is you got to start playing people. That's what it's all about. So now going ahead, there's no more teams that can have the excuse in the non-conference. Oh, this and No, we've already told everybody. Start playing people. So again, you find these certain teams to start off 7-0. and They haven't played nobody. The team that might be currently 5-2, and two, but your two losses are like a Wisconsin, you have to put them ahead if you have a loss. It just is what it is. I don't care where you're at. Look who you're playing. You can't be doing these cupcakes. Baylor all the time in the non-conference is just terrible. It's so, it's so annoying. The first three games, I mean, it's just like ridiculous. K-State used to do that. These teams that put these cupcakes on there, all they're doing is hurting themselves. You can do, you play all you want. And that's why, to me, I don't get carried away when a team comes in their posse with two losses or one loss. Oh, they shouldn't be in there, this team and this and that. You know what? Put someone on your schedule, period. Put them on your schedule. And then someone says, well, the Pac-12, you know, they play everybody. Who cares? Your Pac-12 is terrible. And again, I'm not a fan of anybody. I sit back and be neutral. But come on now. Let's look who you really played. Not saying Washington's not got a good team and a good coach and good young quarterback and running back and defense. I like the direction they're going. But you're not playing anybody. Someone says, well, it's not their fault. It is what it is. It is what it is. Sometimes it just works out that way. But again, to me, it's all about strength of schedule. Again, strength of schedule. And again, it will all play itself out. It always does. We have a lot more football left. Everyone thinks, oh, it's over. No, we got so much left. It's all going to develop. And at the end of the year, we're going to sit back and go, yep. Like right now, Alabama's been clearly number one for me. So if they end up going through and winning this, all this fuss and all that, didn't matter, did it? No. So it's all going to play itself out. And again, I think overall, they've done a very, very good job, the committee, of really looking at that. And they've already stated to everybody for the now and the future when they started this. We really look at the overall body work, and it's just like what I do with my results. Let's not talk about a week. Let's not talk about three weeks. Let's not talk about a month. If you sign up for 12 months, which you should, you add them all up, and then we can sit back and, and talk about it. Let's not talk about it after a month. Let's talk about the end of the year. So again... Strength of schedule, college football, huge. Today was a lot of fun. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Again, if you're into investing and you're listening to this show, 
Go to justinmichaelsports.com or you can call me at 402-513-3232. And again, thank you to all the VIP members. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. And remember, at justinmichaelsports.com, winning is everything.